I am so grateful for them. I, I am grateful for the opportunity to work with them and to, to work with Pastor Nathan wherever you... There you are, okay. And um, it's, it's just... Uh, it's just good to find the place where God has you to be, the place and the purpose. So um, he asked me to to uh, preach this morning, and, and um, maybe some of you don't even know that I was a pastor in a previous life. No, I mean, <laughs> that sounded bad. <laughs> but I, I was a pastor. I've actually pastored three churches in the last ten years prior to coming up here to Alaska. So, And prior to that, I was on staff at churches, so that's just, um, just a side note. So if you're wondering, you see me up here and, and you're like, what is she doing up there? Well, now you know. So anyway, well, this morning I um, I was thinking about um, you know just as soon as Pastor Mike asked me to speak, I instantly knew what he want, what God wanted me to speak on, and quickly he gave me the the scripture too. And so it was like, okay, hold on to your hats, and you know, and this message, you know, messages can be very, um, very tiresome as far as putting them together, whereas others can just flow when you put them together. And praise God, this one flowed. So <laughs> I thank the Lord for that. Just looking back, um, when I was uh, single. I, I didn't marry Ken until I was 35 years old. I won't even tell you how old he was, but he's younger than me. So anyway, some of you know this story already. But um, I was serving in churches as a staff pastor, and and being a single person, how many of you are single and you find yourself so busy because you're just single and you don't you don't have a yeah okay. <laughs> And, and you don't have your family, and, and this is not a put down, but you don't have a family to, to uh, you know, tell you to go do this and go do that. And, you know, yes, yes, mom, yes, dad, you know. So, so anyway, as a single person in the ministry, I was really, really busy, and I was very, very focused. And as I was so focused, the problem I had with that was I never stopped to smell the roses, that's how busy I was. In fact, my family and friends used to say, Karen, you need to slow down because Mr. Wright cannot come into your life because you are too busy. So the Lord just happened to kind of take me out of the ministry for a little while. And, and uh, I was working a secular job and that's when Ken came into my life. So maybe there's some truth to that. But upon meeting Ken, and Ken is, is an engineer um, for GCI, but on the side he is a photographer. And I'm not trying to promote us, just give you a little background about us. And so being a photographer, what does Ken do? We're driving along and all of a sudden we stop and pull over, take a picture. Stop and smell the roses. Hmm. Well, okay, Lord, you got a message there for me, right? <laughs> well, and then, so I, I got that message, and then coming up here to Alaska, it has changed me so much, and, and perhaps many of you can relate to that as well. And now it seems like I spend more time smelling the roses, so to speak, as I am in awe of the nature and the beauty of God's earth. 
I mean, just the place where we live. We live in Eagle River, and the bedroom window, I mean, the bedroom window is like, I, I think about picture windows, and I never knew why picture, window, picture windows were called picture windows. Well, now I know, <laughs> because there's a picture to look at, and to look at those mountains every every night, well, not every night now, but but... But when it was lighter, we would look at the mountains when we would go to bed. And we would wake up and we'd look at the mountains. And, you know, they change all the time. You can't just look at it and go away and and everything's fine. But you look at it and two minutes later it's different. So, I say all that to say that, okay, um... (laughs) So, 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 okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just so excited here. Oh. <laughs> so, um, uh, since it's a, a 23-mile commute to, um, to, to the church here from our home every morning, well, there's, there's a lot of opportunity to look at the mountains, look at the fog, and look at every, all the fall colors. And I'm not a fall person, but anyway, it's just beautiful. So I'm listening to K-Love. And, of course, on K-Love, you've got, you know, how great is our God, how the goodness of God, and all of this. And I'm looking at what God has created. And I'm just in awe of of all that God has created. And I am distracted. Distracted by the beauty. You know, it's just the opposite of stopping and smelling the roses. Now I am distracted by the beauty. And distractions seems to be the word that that the Lord has given me for this particular time. And we may look at distractions as a negative thing, but there are also positive to uh, distractions along the way. And distractions have always been a part of life through the decades as well as hundreds of years. But our challenge today is, how much are we being distracted? How much are we being distracted? And you may ask, well, what specifically am I being distracted from? Isn't all of God's green earth beautiful and enjoyable? Absolutely, absolutely. But my challenge question is this. What is distracting you from doing all that God wants you to do? Also, what is distracting you from being all that God wants you to be? And as we take a look at at God's word here in a minute, I want us to just go to the Lord in prayer first as we get into this message. Heavenly Father, as you have shown me so many things about this area of distractions, I pray, Father, now that you would just speak through me, speak through me to your people here, and Lord, just speak to their hearts what you have for them to hear and to understand. And Lord, may your word especially speak to our hearts as it is there for us. It is there for us always to turn to. And we thank you, Father, for just allowing us this opportunity now to speak your name and to speak your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. 
So if you would turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 41, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Luke 2, verse 41, it says, Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he, tur- then, excuse me, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. As we look at distractions this morning, the first thing I want to look at is the normalities of distractions. The normalities of distractions. I want to say, give yourself permission to be normal. Okay? Give yourself permission to be normal. (laughs) It's okay to be normal. (laughs) Jesus dealt with distractions. In this passage that we read, he was a boy. Yeah, I'm just, I gotta be careful here. I feel loose connections and I'm, I get, I get so excited that, well anyway, I'm sure you'll let me know if it goes flying. Okay, so Jesus was a boy of 12 years old. And the way his parents looked at him, (laughs) the way his parents looked at him, um, okay, we're going to have problems here. Please, okay. Is it just dangling or is it just me? (laughs) It just doesn't feel like it's on my... It's not. Okay, there. Now it's secure. For now. Okay, his earthly parents saw Jesus as a boy of 12 years old. Now, any of you that have ever had children know that children can be distracted. They can just wander off and so forth, right? And God has has placed parents in the lives of children to help them with the distractions of just wandering off. And if we want to look even a little closer at this situation with Jesus and his earthly parents, technically, 
Joseph was not the father of Jesus because the Holy Spirit was. So that makes Joseph technically the stepfather. The stepfather of Jesus. Which again, sometimes those of you that are into the blended families know that sometimes that creates a whole other set of issues. So, so we've got that. But here, being in Jerusalem, and and we're going to make a comparison here. Being in Jerusalem for Jesus and his parents would be like your family going to the state fair. You go to the state fair, there's crowds, and, and you just get caught up in talking with people and going here, there, and everywhere, and pretty soon, kids get lost, right? So the possibilities of distractions are endless in crowds. What a problem to have with your child getting distracted to stay behind in Jerusalem and learn from the teachers in the temple. Wow. (laughs) And his parents, like I said, saw Jesus as a boy. But the thing of it is, he was about to become an adult. He was about to become an adult. In the culture of that day, 12 years old was just on, on the, the rim of on the brim of being an adult. But yet we see the bottom line was that nevertheless Jesus was obedient to his parents, even though they did not understand what Jesus meant by being in his father's house and being all about the business of his father. And how many times do we as parents, have we corrected our children from seeming distractions when to them it was a valuable situation to be in? I know we've, we've raised two daughters now. They're in college in, in Missouri and, and uh, there are definitely distractions. <laughs> Very timely. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, this is a word from God. Okay, this is a very, very word, word that how many, how many distractions can you, how many distractions did I deal with in preparing for this? I won't even go into that. <laughs> so in this passage of scripture here in Luke 2, the conclusion that we see to these distractions is that it was very favorable. In verse 52, we read that Jesus grew... He grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. In other words, Jesus was developing fully and harmoniously in key areas of the human life. Physical, mental, social, and spiritual. Now, let me just say this. We can't be spiritual all the time. (laughs) We just can't be. We, We are here on this earth. But actually, at times, God uses the natural to teach us about the supernatural. Amen. For instance, uh, one morning this past week, I, I had one of these little uh, God encounters on my on my way into work here, and it was the morning where it was sunny, and then it was foggy, and then it was intensely foggy, and then it was sunny, and then it was foggy. You know, it kind of did this 
this routine of, of just changing as, as you're driving. Well, it wasn't long before I left home in which it was foggy and the windshield was starting to fog up. If you drive a Toyota, that is one of the, the down things of, of, of uh, Toyotas, but I still love them anyway. So I was fogging up, so turn on the defroster. Well, I'm looking at the outside rearview mirrors, and I'm like, they're fogging up. I've never seen this happen before. Okay, well, what do I do? So I'm looking at them, and all of a sudden, I look at them, and I kid you not, you're going to say, oh, yeah, right. There were little heart shapes of where it was cleared out. And I thought, what's this all about? On both sides, what is this all about? When I told Ken about this, he says, well, that's the way, you know, that's the way it was uh, defrosting. And, and I said, no, no, I got, I, you had to hear the rest of the story, though. <laughs> because, okay, so I'm looking at this, and when I'm seeing these little heart shapes, instantly I felt like God was saying to me, I just want to remind you that I love you. Amen. That's good. I love you. I mean, do if we ever need a word from God, isn't it, I love you? Because sometimes we just feel really inadequate or yucky or whatever. And so I drove on and, and I was like, oh wow, this is so cool. God, you are so cool. And driving on sunshine and pretty soon fog. And when I get here almost to the church, it was really foggy. Once again, the mirrors fog up. Were there hearts this time? No. Did I have my defroster on? Yes. See, it was just a moment. A moment of God saying, hey, I want to just take time out and say, I love you. So, you know, that's why I say sometimes we need to look at the natural and see how the supernatural comes in. Secondly, the negatives of distractions. I want to Go over just a little bit farther into Luke um, chapter 9. And, and this time I'm reading out of the Living Bible, which is just a little bit different than the New Living um, Translation. In Luke 9, verses 57 through 62, it says, As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will always follow you no matter where you go. But Jesus replied, Remember, I don't even own a place to lay my head. Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but I, the Messiah, have no earthly home at all. Another time when he invited a man to come with him and to be his disciple, the man agreed but wanted to wait until his father's death. Jesus replied, Let those without eternal life Concern themselves with things like that. Your duty is to come and preach the coming of the kingdom of God to all the world. Another said, Yes, Lord, I will come. But first, let me ask permission of those at home. But Jesus told him, Anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work I plan for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. Now, any of us can be guilty of the things of this life being such a distraction 
to us in serving God. When we first moved here, and maybe our story is very similar to those of you that have moved here too, but when we first moved here, um, we, uh, well, Facebook just reminded me of this recently. That's why I, it's kind of fresh in my mind, but, but it took seven weeks and two days for our stuff to come up here. So we had just the bare essentials, and I wasn't working, and uh, my car wasn't even here yet. So Ken would work, and I was at home, very thankful to have a place to live, but I, I was at home and looking at the walls going, okay, no TV, no nothing, what am I going to do? Well, I thought, okay, I, I'm going to be creative here. I'm going to get on Facebook and say, friends and family, I have an abundance of time right now in my life, and so if you have prayer requests, just private message me, and I'd be happy to pray with you. So that's what I did during those seven weeks, especially. I did a little bit after that, too. But it was during that time that I realized how much our stuff gets in the way of serving God. And, and it, it kind of made me ashamed of, of myself. And I'm like, well, what, what, are we just supposed to live with nothing so that we can serve God better? Hmm. Well, there could be worse things. So that, that kind of um, got me. And then I, I am reminded by, we're going to watch a little clip here of Veggie Tales. I love Veggie Tales. But there's a certain story of Madame Blueberry, and she is very sad and depressed because her stuff is all worn out and she doesn't have enough stuff. There's someone here to see you. Allow us to introduce ourselves. We're neighbors. We moved in down the street. Some say we're the most delightful bunch of fellows you'll ever want to meet. And if you have a moment to spare, kind lady with beauty so rare, we'd like to take a minute or two on a topic of interest to you We represent the Stuff Mart An enormous land of goodies Would you mind if we stepped in, please? Well, I... And as associates of the Stuff Mart It looks like you could use some stuff Oh, yes, yes, why, I was just saying that I pray that you won't take this wrong, my dear But my initial observation is as follows The criminal responsible for this decor Really should be hanging from the gallows (laughs) (laughs) From the gallows Ah! (laughs) We represent the Stuff Mart a magic land of retail. Would you care to see what's on sale? <laughs> then as a customer of the stuff mart, get ready.
ready for some real nice stuff. Alright. Now, if you don't know the rest of the story, let me tell you what happened. She got all this stuff. And she lived in a tree house. And the stuff was so weighted, so heavy, that the tree house fell down and it ruined all of her stuff. So, of course, the lesson is for us to be content with those things that God has blessed us with. Now, there are times that some of our stuff we just need to let go and just let God do with whatever he wants um, to do with these things. And uh, we can ask ourselves the question, what things do we need to let go of in order to follow the Lord more closely? What things do we need to let go of? Hmm. And what excuses are we using? Just like in that passage I read in in Luke 9, what excuses are we using, seemingly justifiably even, as a means of distractions from giving the Lord all of our hearts? And we know that following Jesus has a cost. Each one of us must be ready to serve, even even when it requires sacrifice. We serve in different ways according to the gifts and the talents he has given us. And Jesus desires wholehearted commitment from us. He wants to reside in every room in our hearts. I often think of of our hearts as being like our homes. And, you know, when we have guests to come over, we say, well, guests, you can only be in this room right here. No, we don't do that, do we? We say, my home is your home. Come in. Just don't look at the closets, but come on in. Do we do that with Jesus? When when we say, Jesus, come into my heart, but don't be messing in my closets. Mm. Maybe he needs to clean up our closets. Jesus wants those distractions. If those distractions aren't bringing you to Jesus, then maybe you need to reevaluate those distractions. I'm not saying distractions are bad, but are they good? Because next I'm going to look at the need for distractions. The need for distractions. And let me just say, there are times in our lives where we need distractions. I've gone through this year of, I don't even want to get into it, but anyway, I have just gone through some things in my own life in which I needed distractions because if I didn't have those distractions, I would probably cry endlessly. Okay, And so there are some events in our lives that that are just so stressful that we need distractions to help us. So like I said, distractions are not always bad. They can be good at times. And I have a couple of distractions on my cell phone. And, you know, it's a couple of apps that I use for my playtime. But in reality, those distractions are helpful. For one, when I play something on my phone, I'm praying. 
Does that ever come across to you or is that just foreign concept? Well, let me just throw it out there. You know, you can play and you can pray, right? Okay. All right. So, so I do that with one thing that I, I play on my phone. Another one is a way of connecting with others. I love word games. And a particular word game I have is called Word Feud. And Ken and I go back and forth playing Word Feud. So he, we, we connect that way by playing this, this word game. And I won't even tell you who wins most of the time. Anyway. <laughs> no, it's about half and half. Well, you can talk to him afterwards. <laughs> and, you know, in, in using tools like that, those are distractions. We use those distractions as tools. And I think about how important it is to find the tools necessary to connect with others. And it will not always be the same tool. Uh, we have to be sensitive as to what it is when we need to connect with that individual to build a relationship and ultimately lead them to Christ if they do not have a personal relationship with Christ. I think about something. There's a reason why I have a bag here, and now I'm going to bring it out. I got this wonderful gift from our daughters at Christmas time. It's a fidget spinner. Woo! But I have to sh- see there's lights. Oh, fidget spinner. And see, you. okay, isn't that pretty? Oops, I'm not doing it very good. Oh, yeah, I have to turn it around. Yeah, okay. Okay, so. But it has different speeds on each one. So you can, you can slow it down. And you can do it to each one, you know, and then it makes a different design, or then you can just even make it, it has three different, okay, so, so yeah, you get the, you get the, (laughs) now I'm going to be up here playing with this to illustrate my point of distractions while I continue my message, I don't think so, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I just want to say, you know, there are, are things like this that, you know, I just want to say, don't, don't ever put your kids down for maybe needing a fidget spinner. They're listening. They are listening. I can, I can almost guarantee you they are listening. Um, early on, we were visiting a church back when cell phones just became cell phones. Remember the day? <laughs> okay. And right away, the, the geek family that we are, we got on our cell phones in church to look up the Bible, look up the scripture on the Bible, to which the pastor very strongly said to the congregation, don't be playing with your cell phones. And I thought, he has not a clue that we were in our Bible. <laughs> But you know, so so you know, he he spoke out of out of not realizing because they were so new at that time. But you never know what distractions can be used for the glory of God if we let them. I better turn that off too. So, if I figure out how to, there we go. Okay, see. <laughs> So just in in wrapping things up here, what will distract you from your life mission? What will distract you from your life mission? 
First of all, I just want to give three different areas of, of possibilities here. First of all, the expectations of other people. The expectations of other people. Let me tell you, I've dealt with this one right, right off because I am not Leslie and, and you know, I am not Leslie. <laughs> I am Karen and so, so just please accept me as being Karen, not Leslie because Leslie has really big shoes to feel, fill and, and I'm just, I, I can't, I can't be Leslie. So anyway, um, you have got to decide whom you are going to please first in this life. And you can only have one number one. One number one. I serve Jesus and, and I want to make sure he's pleased with me. Secondly, hobbies. There's nothing wrong with, with hobbies, but if they distract you from the most important things, then you need to let go of them. Thirdly, your past. Ah, we all have that. Maybe you refuse to let go of your past, whether it's guilt or resentment or grief. But if you are stuck in the past, you cannot get on with the present. And you certainly can't get on with God's future for you. Your past is past. I know that's very profound, but anyway, your past is past. It's over. Let it go. What do you need to let go of? Well, in 1 Corinthians 10.23, in the New International Version, it says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. What does this mean? Well, this is what it means. A lot of things aren't necessarily wrong. They are just not necessary. Life often means choosing either, am I going to do something good, versus am I going to do what's best? Am I going to do something good or am I going to do what's best? If the devil can't make you do bad things, he will make you busy. He will get you so busy that you don't have time for the important stuff. Time alone with God, ministry, and mission. So the challenge for each one of us today is distractions what will we do with our distractions? And as we ponder that thought, I, I would like Pastor Zach and, and the worship team to come up and, and lead us in a song. I want us to stand. And, and, you know, if you are here this morning and you need prayer, perhaps distractions have, have just been beyond your control and maybe you need more focus. God can give you the focus that you need. But I would be honored to pray with you this morning, whatever the need. If it's something else, I would be happy to pray with you regarding that. But let's let's all stand now at this time.